0: This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay. Okay, yes, we're recording. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Drinking with Authors. <laughs> Jen, literary (laughs) briefs episode
1: drinking with authors drinking with authors yeah
0: see we need it you can just redo our entire theme song entrance there we go (laughs) um so um this is literary briefs i forgot where i was for a moment there i'm your host erica lance with me is jam paquette and our amazing guest today is john dover
1: Welcome,
0: hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what we're drinking before I start my list of two rapid fire questions before Jen has to take over. So <laughs> I have, it's a true story. Um, I have Perrier strawberry with gin, but the gin is actually Italian gin that is like a super fancy gin that comes in a light medium and dark gin this happens Mm -hmm. to be the light gin Mm -hmm. it's very fancy and was brought over to me from Spain and I put a French water in it so I'm sure there's a lot of Europeans that'll hate me right now so it's cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh the Europeans hate us all right now don't worry about it
0: oh yeah they definitely don't know what's playing in their yard okay
2: Jen I'm drinking a lime bubbly Mm. okay yeah I know (laughs) it's fine (laughs) It's, Some of us can't drink. Not that I'd want to drink gin because it smells like cleaner. But oh, I know, I know, I'm that person.
0: How dare you? No, gin
2: awful. is one of the lightest drinks I think. From
0: being a whiskey drinker as well. But, okay, you know what? You can't even talk. You can't even drink this stuff. You I can't have an really allergic reaction it. to tiramisu. Don't get me started with you. I do. Um, it's so unfair. It is. Yeah, she forgot all the desserts that have liquor in them when this allergy came into play. She learned really quickly.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Port wine
2: cheese. Are you kidding me? Port wine cheese.
1: Oh, that's the worst. Anyway, John, what are you drinking? I am drinking a lovely blended scotch from Oak Cross.
0: Wonderful. Mm. Wonderful. I like how she didn't make a face when you said that on this. I know this is audio and everybody's hearing us.
2: I am married to someone who drinks gin. I know how it smells. It's uh, But uh, scotch, for for some reason, that I don't... You don't uh, have that sound like you're going to throw up when you no, smell uh, scotch? No, oh, gin just... Uh, anyway, I'm glad you guys like it.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Hashtag judgment. Whatever.
2: <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's a
0: good, good thing we've been friends 20 years, and I'll put up with your crap on this podcast. But let's... <laughs> Let's do some rapid-fire questions. So, first rapid-fire question. What is your favorite book of all time?
1: Well, shit, this is rapid-fire? Oh.
0: Yeah, I did mention rapid-fire in between drinking.
1: Of all time. You know, I'd have to say... See, I'm slowing this down because I'm trying to think as I do this.
2: In a very soothing...
1: Very calm, soothing way.
2: Be the guy on on a game show who feels the need to explain his every answer.
1: <laughs> Literary Answers by John Dover. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go very, very light. and I, I, Well, I'm going to say three things, actually. So I actually love the book, The Princess Bride. Oh. I actually I, I, adore the book, Needful Things. And then because it kind of ushered me through a very difficult time in my life, I always have a special spot in my heart for the the um, Lord of the Rings trilogy.
0: Oh my goodness. You're you're like Jen is your number one fan now. So
2: what is the <laughs> Stephen thing- King and Tolkien, come on. Okay. Oh,
0: you- I'm quiet. No, you're not. So Jen literally teaches a class on Tolkien. Teaches. Uh, go ahead. Explain yourself.
2: <laughs> no, I, I I love Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, and and I wrote my thesis on that, and then my dissertation was on Stephen King's stand. So yeah, Needful Things is, is up there. Good times.
1: It's it's a fun book. It's a fun book.
0: Well, it's interesting. We're talking about editing on the last podcast. Stephen King very much has that whole like edit me view too. Like here you go, just do it, fix it, just, just get her kill done. Your, kill your darlings, he says.
1: Yep. Yep. Kill him.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So what are your, what is your least favorite book?
1: Oh, it's one I never read all the way through and I just kind of got about a chapter in and threw it away. And I always get in trouble when I say this because there's a lot of literary, uh, like actual readers and writers that love, that really appreciate this book, but it's, it's called Grendel.
2: (laughs) It has moments. And what does that mean Jen it has moments yeah. it's a retelling of of Beowulf from, yep. from Grendel's point of view and it it's clever in some ways it it makes a lot of um, assumptions if uh, like I love Beowulf in my soul like that's kind of that's that's where my heart lives
1: which is why I read the book mm-hmm. because Beowulf probably is the only book that I read in old English that just I, I couldn't put down. I thought it was an amazing, beautifully told story. And then I found Grendel, and I went, what the fuck is this shit? Well, it's... I mean, it's, it's my fault. I know it's me. <laughs> it's
2: its supposed to be like a philosophical experiment is also right. what's what's happening. Um, and, and if you think about the story from Grendel's point of view, uh, Beowulf is crazy. Yeah. Uh, he's the aggressor, and uh, yeah, poor, poor Grendel. Yeah. But I could see... Yeah, it's it's like reading the, the, the Russian Lord of the Rings that's told from the orcs point of view. By the time you're done with that book, you're like, Oh my god, all of our heroes are just awful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> These yeah. poor orcs. <laughs> no, and, and I, I understood where it was coming from when he wrote it. And I I just I, I honestly it was probably at, at the wrong time because I was reading nothing but pure fluff. Honestly. And then I picked up Grendel and it, it is huge words, long sentences. And it's very, yeah, it's very introspective. And I was not in the mood for it. And because of that, I, 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 I have always subjugated it to my least favorite book category.
0: Wow. Okay. So do you, um, you kind of answered this already, but you always finish a book or for the most part, like Jen will die hard, go through a book and just, she will keep going with it no matter what. (laughs)
2: Just fight and her. I
0: am like, fuck that shit, and I will launch it. Not in my Kindle because throwing my Kindle has not worked out for me. But I will launch that crap across the room, you know, theoretically, um, because I'm like, I'm done. Like, yeah. I won't, I won't invest the time if it's that bad to me. Like, I just yeah. won't. I.
1: It takes. Yeah, it. I. I am. I am hard. If it doesn't have me, it doesn't have me. And I, I am not invested enough to just push through it. But if it has me, even even if it has like chunks in the middle or whatever that don't grab me, I will push through it. So for the most part, it has to grab me from pretty much the get-go and give me something that speaks to me.
0: What, what are your pet peeves as – because you're an author, so you, you, you actually have this street cred when you're reading a book to go – what the crap sticks. Is there anything in particular that we just will automatically throw you out of the story? Um,
1: uh, I'm, I'm, I get bothered when I feel someone's, someone's trying to be creative from a labored aspect. In other words, creative for creative aspect, or I, I don't feel that they actually meant what they said, you know, uh, so throwing something in that sounds clever versus is naturally clever.
2: Trying too hard.
1: Trying too hard drives me a bit nuts. And I'm the same way with music, too. You know, if I hear someone who is just throwing lick after lick after lick after lick that has no actual creative content to it, I'm, I'm turning you off. I'm done. You're, you're not engaging me.
2: Do you read more than one book at a time?
1: Not generally. If I am actually investing in a book, I'm going to invest in it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to dive into it and front to back. Do you
0: write reviews?
1: I write reviews, but not on books generally. Um, I'm actually a, a, I write <laughs> I write whiskey reviews, uh,
2: <laughs> but not I, scotch. <laughs> uh,
1: if they give me a bottle of scotch, I'll take it because that that's fair. I mean. It's um, I, I write for a, a website called thewhiskeywash.com, dot com, so I get to do uh, whiskey whiskey rum once in a while. I uh, actually have done a couple of of bourbon books, but uh, generally I don't do literary book reviews.
0: How come? Uh, you want them we're all authors we want them and it's fascinating to me because your answer is very similar to a lot of other authors so we we want people to review our books but when it comes to reviewing we're kind
1: of like uh, I will like I will do blurbs and I will do if 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 it's someone that I know that that needs and wants a review to kind of help push them forward then I I will dive in and, and do it um I'm, I'm a very selfish reader and I don't want to be relegated to feel like I have to like something.
0: It makes sense. It's just, you know, do you, do you read electronically? Or do you like paper books? Paper. Oh, all day long.
1: I don't like, day. I, yeah, I, I've, I've done the Kindle thing and I will continue to do it. And I, I, if I'm going to invest the time, I want the, the tactical, you know, the tactile feel of pages in my hand. I want the smell of the paper. You know, that's where I'm at. I'm a very sensory driven reader.
0: See, I, I was, you know, at first I felt that way. And then I was like, I like to fall asleep in bed and it's so much easier to have one hand that I have to hit the next (laughs) page with then yeah. to have to turn pages or spines or yeah. Jen's about to give us white paper <laughs> you don't right you behind. don't
2: like that that feeling of like smacking yourself in the face with the book because you fall asleep in the, at night you're like Usual. oh I guess, I guess i guess it's time for me to go to bed now just just a couple <laughs> more pages yeah no i i've done that do, do you mark up your books or are you like a purist will you will you, you, you dog ear a page or underline
1: i'll dog ear yeah I'll dog ear but uh, I don't underline I like to appreciate what's on the page
0: so have you had um, do you have a lot of author friends Uh,
1: what do you mean by a lot
0: (laughs) more than five
1: yes I have more than five
0: okay good wow I feel a lot of
2: judgment (laughs) I feel like there's six
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's like six maybe seven did I mean, let, the, let's be honest. I don't have many people that would call me a friend, anyways. I mean, I'm kind of an asshole, so it's
0: like. <laughs> I'm a bitch, but a lot of people think they're my friends anyway. So, just kidding. Yeah. Um, so, but have you had a, author friends ask you to read their stuff?
1: Yes, and, and I will read their stuff. And I will uh, generally, but generally, they're asking me to read it when it's done. OK, because they, they they know <laughs> they know me well enough that I'm not an editor. So I'm not going to be able to go through with a fine tooth comb and tell them, oh, the third paragraph on the first page has a type. I just can't do that. My brain's not wired that way. I I don't want my brain wired that way. Um, I I love and appreciate everyone in the world that is wired that way because they're who helps make everything legible. I am not going to make it legible. Um, I will, I am happy to add blurbs and and give you input because, I mean, because we all need that. I mean, plain and simple. As authors, we all need that input either to help broaden the reach that we are trying to get so that we have a new person pushing stuff out for us um, or just to help bring new eyes to what we've put out there. So it's necessary and I'm always happy to help my friends and to help people that I know, but I, am not always, you know, I, I don't have a, you know, massive, massive, huge audience that someone can tap into. I want one someday and I'm, I'm always striving to build on that audience, but I'm also not the guy that they're going to come to if they want 20,000 readers tomorrow.
0: No, that makes sense. Um, well, for right now, obviously that'll change. You ever gotten one that you started reading and you're like, no.
1: Um, yes.
0: Are you honest with your friends or not?
1: Uh, yes. But the, the, uh, in all honesty, <laughs> my <laughs> friends are all really good authors. So I haven't had that trouble. Um, it's the time that I ran into trouble was with someone that was like, Hey, you know, they ran into me at a reading. They're like, check out my books and I'll check out your books, which is, is generally a fine exchange. It just didn't work out that way in this instance. And I had to cut ties with that person because it was just an un uncomfortable experience trying no. to read their book.
0: Yikes. That's never good.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah. uh. A reader,
1: what are you reading now? What am I reading? I actually actually just picked up a New er Stephen King thing. Where is that? Uh, but I haven't dove into it yet. I'm looking forward to diving into it. Um, most of my reading has been um, like, vicarious. My wife reads a lot more than I do, I actually. Um, so I, I get a lot of book stuff from her. And I used to read more when I was on the road a lot because I would throw books on audiobooks in. So I, I got a ton of books that way. Um, where where is that book I am on? It is in the other room. I can't help you there.
0: (laughs) Is that your wife? Are you looking in the other room?
1: Nope. I'm looking. Actually, it's not in the other room. One
0: sec. (laughs) (laughs) I love technical stuff.
1: All right. The girl who loved Tom Gordon is what I'm diving into.
2: So good.
1: Yeah. The refrigerator people yeah so that's where i'm diving into right now is a newer stephen king
2: there is a line in that book that haunts me (laughs) i love stephen king so yeah but that's a good he tries the happy ending though i mean yeah in this one
1: yeah he he does i mean he's a ruin it he's a tie it up with a bow kind of guy
2: you know, he kills his main characters and then leaves the... Or if they live, it's sort of like, yeah, you're alive today.
1: Today. Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow
2: you're probably going to die. Like, he, he, evil never gets vanquished in, in Stephen King. It just you win the battle, not the war.
1: Yeah. No, I'll, I'll go with you on that. I'll give you that. It's kind of so, like... Uh, yeah.
2: What? What are nope, you
1: going to say? Nope, nope, nope. What you got?
2: Are, are oh. you into sports at all? Uh, Since I, Tom um... Gordon is...
1: It's, I am a, not. it's a sporty little book. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't watch sports. Okay. I, I, I dig into sports documentaries once in a while, and, and that's about it. And I appreciate the skill level and the discipline behind sports, but I am not a sports guy.
0: So you have the Vampire book coming out, and you have the next Johnny Scotch. What is next after that?
1: Uh, I have two things. I have the short story that I recently uh, wrote that I'm, I'm working on editing, uh, which is a, think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Dragons kind of thing. And then I've got uh, a supernatural romance adventure, kind of romancing the stone meets Purple Rose of Cairo Aww. kind of feel.
0: My wow, gosh. are you gonna use pen names at all? Or are you planning on putting this all under your name?
1: i I don't see a need for pen names personally because i i'm I'm a little bit of a narcissist in the sense that if someone reads my stuff, I want to know that they read my stuff. Uh, and I don't write anything. That is necessarily offensive enough to worry about hiding who I am.
0: It's it's not offensive. I'm talking more from the fan base because yeah. fans get are, are pretty much genre fans. They're not all in the same exact thing, but right. they're genre fans. And that's so fair. If they're reading your horror stuff. Uh-huh. And then you're like, and here's this romance book. And then they go, what the? And I know this because it's funny. Um, jaw. Uh, oh my goodness, his name just escaped me right now, and it's going to come. <laughs> Jeff Strand. Whoo, that was. I have a drunk gnome in my head. Barely slipped that posted out in the last couple of seconds. <laughs> but Jeff Strand was talking about this because he yeah. writes horror uh-huh. and he writes young young adult horror. So kind of two different genres. But he wrote a romance novel, a humorous romance novel, because he writes humorous horror, and he's a, a pretty well-known author. has gotten the Bram Stoker award like five billion times, yeah. and he wrote a, a, a romance book called Kumquat, and we were talking the other day, because he's a friend of mine, but he was on the podcast, and he's like, yeah, I should have put that under a pen name. Because his fans were like, what in the actual crap? And it wasn't like it was a bad book, but they were like, what the fuck is this?
1: What is this? Uh, yeah, and and I I don't think I've had enough of a departure from my my personal voice to really warrant it because even I mean Johnny Scott everything that I do kind of has a little bit of a pulpy twist. So whether it's Johnny Scotch and the hard boiled flavor or it's um, the Beast with Two Backs, which which was a short story I wrote, which is. Probably the darkest frickin' story I ever wrote, too. Um, you know, that one, I, it still has a lot of me in it. So whether it's a pen name or whatever, you're still going to know I'm writing it. it. You know, my stuff doesn't vary that much except for just honestly how much gore I'll put in it or how far I'll push certain things. Um, all of my stuff is is for adult readers, so I'm not worried about kids coming along. I mean, I used to kind of worry about the comic books because comic books are, are so, so – or used to be so associated with young readers. And we, I did have a couple instances where I was performing for young groups, and kids would come up to me and say, where can I get your comic book? And I'm looking at the back page going, well, that woman's naked, so I can't sell this to you, Timmy. <laughs> you know, I it's all – But that was more of a, I understood who my audience was and that I can't push this towards this audience. Um, I'm not opposed to a pen name, if it ever came down to that, but I haven't written anything I think is far enough a departure from what my readers would be okay with.
0: So where do you get your inspiration? You kind of told us the inspiration for Johnny Scotch. Where do you get the inspiration for your stories, do you feel like?
1: Um... (laughs) I don't know. Um, I want I want to give you a good, cool, clever answer for that, and I can't. Uh, well, let's
0: take a sip of your scotch. Maybe you can come up with like a cool, clever answer
1: for that. I'll, I'm
2: going to take a sip too. There it is. That's the picture. Take a screenshot.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so let us go backwards. The uh, the vampire western was just inspired. I think by the fact that I, I really have all, I always have loved kind of the spaghetti western genre in movies, so everything kind of pulls from either from kind of a cinematic aspect with me, and I had just I I had just watched Once Upon a Time in the Old in the West Once Upon a Time in the West, which is a classic and it's gorgeous. Oh my god. If if your readers have not watched this movie, it is beautiful. It is the penultimate, in my opinion, it's the penultimate Spaghetti Western. Mm -hmm. Um, The soundtrack is ridiculously gorgeous. The cinematography is amazing. And just the weirdness of the script is great. So I had just watched that and... I have always loved Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I'm like, these are all happening at the same time. Why can't they happen in the same place? So let's put a a chase story in the Old West and let's put some vampires in there just to kick it up a notch. And that's where that one came from. The uh, Beast with Two Backs that I mentioned earlier, which is published, it was published last fall in a anthology by Stitch Smile Publishing called Tenebro. That one came from me being willing to delve into a very dark time in my life, which was, uh, uh, I, I believe that dark time came from when I was going through a divorce and it just resurfaced when I was writing this book and a lot of aspects of that book kind of delve on on kind of my feelings that I was dealing with um which is weird because it was much past that time in my life when I actually wrote about it but I mean we we can't choose when the inspiration comes just how we put it out there Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. agreed. Uh, my book, my uh, my not my book, my short story in Carnival of Horrors came from my love which is kind of a conflicted love of the short story and the movie Children of the Corn oh mixed with the idea of of what I view as of current cultism and how I decided to kind of manifest that in a weird carnival setting let's just put it that way interesting uh, so so, it's it always comes from kind of a, a mixed blender of what my brain is going through, and it usually starts with one character, one moment in that character's life, and I like to see where it goes. So that again, the uh, Back back to the pantsing idea. I just <laughs> I just let the inspiration drive. If it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't. And I've got a folder on my computer full of one paragraph ideas that have never manifested and didn't happen as every good writer should have.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The story graveyard, the epic story graveyard. No, totally. Well, you, you seem to like, all the movies you've mentioned, huge fan of Mm -hmm. you get, you feel like you get a lot of inspiration from movies.
1: I get a lot of, I, I Yes, absolutely. I can't say I don't. Um, I grew up in the 80s, which in my opinion is kind of a a golden era of cinematic storytelling in the adventure realm. You know, you had Steven Spielberg at his prime. You had George Lucas at the, you know, eclipse of his prime, we'll say. <laughs> it's controversial, I know, it's okay. Um, but you had this very, uh, very... prolific era of storytelling in the cinematic world. And I was a kid who did not feel very socially forward. So my summers were spent building stupid little models while Raiders of the Lost Ark and Lady Hawk played in the background. (laughs) So I, I, I drive a lot of my pacing from how movies are paced When I'm writing, I really try to drive this visual image. How's this action scene actually play out? How do these characters move? How does everything transition? So my writing does tend to have a very cinematic drive to it when when I am putting it on paper.
0: Do you think um, when it gets to the point somebody wants to opt one of your books or your... um you know, uh, the Johnny Scotch series. And they go, you know, we're, we're going to make this a live action thing. How would you feel about somebody else writing that?
1: As long as I'm allowed to be in the room, <laughs> then we're golden. So um, who, would
2: play, who would play him? Who would play uh, Johnny Scotch?
1: You know, it depends on what route we take. Let's put it that way. So if we go like straight up current action movie like if you want to go full star power i think we were uh, there was a time when me and my my illustrator really pushed ideas of like you know things like jason statham because he's got such a good char- charisma and such a strong physical presence on the camera i personally would endorse uh, s- someone that i think should be higher on the cinematic realm in the our martial arts world which would be scott adkins Uh, Who who does a lot of either like minor character stuff in big movies or tons of B movie stuff, straight to video type stuff. But he's 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 a beautiful actor and a beautiful physical actor. Um, I've also considered, uh, you know, from the, I think he's a beautiful beautiful person and would actually really do a nice like dramatic take on the character i would say like ryan gosling would be a beautiful johnny scotch um and i'm i'm very confident in saying he's a beautiful man so i'm okay with that um but also uh if you want to put a little more humorous tinge which i am always up for there's uh um oh crap i can't think of him who
0: Oh, your drunk gnome's not paying as much attention as
1: mine. No, my my drunk gnome is drunk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your drunk gnome is sipping water and coffee in between drinks. Mine is sipping more scotch in between drinks. Um, I'll have to come back You're to judging
0: him. Judging my drunk gnome an awful lot over there, John. Somebody that's has not, to keep things judgment. going.
1: That's not judgment. That's appreciation for your drunk gnome having limits. <laughs> Boundary. can't think of him uh, maybe you guys can help me out he's the main actor in the movie moon he's also in galaxy quest
2: who is he in galaxy quest
1: he's guy he's oh oh um uh yes sam sam rockwell sam. Sam.
2: yeah I he was think, in mr right one
1: of my mr. favorite Wright, romantic
0: yeah. movies of I, all time
1: I think Sam Rockwell would actually make a really fun Johnny Scotch in all absolute honesty.
0: I could see that. I could see that. He's, he is a fun guy. I love his characters. He's one of those underrated characters. that. Is there air? Is there, you don't know. I love that movie. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Galaxy no. Quest is probably one of mine. It's one of my top five hands down movies of all time.
1: As it should be. It's glorious. It's the best. It's Next to Wrath of Khan, it is the best Star Trek movie ever. (laughs) Yes! That is
0: exactly my sequence. Wrath of Khan Galaxy Quest. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, very cool. Oh, my gosh. We need to wrap up. We could talk for hours. We should talk again in the (laughs) future. I enjoy this. We're going to have to have you back on this podcast soon. you have to let us know when your vampire book gets released and you can come back on.
1: (laughs) Well, I can tell you that is actually slotted for a spring of 2021 release.
0: Then we can have you back on. It'll be delightful. We got time. (laughs) We got so much time. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So real quick, shameless self-promotion plug. How do people find you?
1: They find me at readjohndover.com or johnnyscotchjustice.com or johndmusic.com. They can also just jump on Facebook and find Johnny Scotch slash author John Dover slash John Dover trumpet.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You actually deliver your same old self-promotion, much better drunk than you do less
1: drunk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm a much better person when I'm drunk. No shit. Oh no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I was told I'm not allowed to say that anymore either. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Honestly, these days, I'm usually drunk by 3 p.m. anyways, so it's okay.
0: Oh, I, I feel you completely on that. <laughs> you have been amazing to have on. Thank you so much for
1: being here with us. Well, thank you. You guys are fantastic. I really appreciate you bringing me in.
0: Thank you. Thank you, thank you. And um, this has been Drinking With Oscars. We're there. we briefs. I'm Erica Lance. Jan Paquette. You, whatever. Anyway, we'll see you next time. <laughs>